I always remember this particular quote from a sitcom that I really love. Out of all of God's creatures, there is only one who uh, measures time. But today, be a sunflower. Tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow Creeps in this petty pace from day to day To the last syllable of recorded time A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the concept of time and deep time This week on Espresso and Earl Grey, we look at time again And what it means to live deep time with one another. So grab yourself a cuppa and join us for Espresso and Earl Grey. Sam Wan. A while ago we talked about time and it was such a fascinating talk. We ran out of time. (laughs) (laughs) We did. But I remember they said the two things that have forever changed our Western approach to time. One is the second hand on yes, our clock. That's right. Because yes. before that, time was just, I don't know, I think it's before noon and I think we're afternoon right now. Yeah. But I can't give you the exact hour or yeah. second yeah. that we're in. And the second one was the invention of the light bulb. Because now we've conflated daytime with nighttime. Yes. Tell me more. Well, uh, there's a really, really good book that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a brief history of time, but it's a brief history of clocks or something. And I think there's something there in terms of when we made the clock, it's when we started to try and control our time. Um, when we tried to time our time... When we tried to measure and calculate our time and when we started to ask the questions, the deeper questions of efficiency and productivity. Um, It's actually, did you know that um, it's actually scientifically proven that, well, Einstein said that time is relative, but time actually runs faster if you are, let me have a think. It's actually scientifically proven that time runs faster if you're further away from the earth than you are to the earth. So if you're in a mountain, time runs faster than if you're on the earth because you're closer to the pool of gravity. So if you have a clock that can measure out to the tiny, tiny second, you will actually see and bring the clocks. If you put a clock up to the top of a mountain and you put a clock on the deepest valley and you bring, after a certain period, you bring the two clocks back together, one would see that the time has run faster than faster than the other. But anyway, but back back to a measurement. We've become obsessed with measuring. Like an hour, you know? I remember when I was in university, each class had to run for an hour. And then when every catch-up I had then had to run from five past one to ten, five to one because there was a ten-minute gap to get to class. And so I think we've become obsessed with trying to measure and control time. 
Wow. I know during COVID, isolation, lockdown, one of the big things was you're allowed out to exercise. Yes. So time slowed down for all of us yes. in isolation, lockdown. Yeah, yeah, but we're yeah. allowed out to exercise. And my boys were amazing. They started every day, they would get up and they'll run to the post office and back. And it was about a 2.6 kilometer run. But then they started timing themselves. Yes. And they started writing their times up yeah, yeah, on the yeah, board yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were chasing PBs. And these PBs come down to the 0.1 <laughs> of a second. And so what was meant to be this enjoyable, yeah. relaxing time together yeah. became this thing we timed yeah, it's become as a performance. A, competition, a performance, a competition. And I think we're obsessed with that in, in the West. In a inefficient, why should we go to a local bakery when we can go to Coles that churn out all this bread? Why should we um, make our own bread when we can go to somewhere else to make their bread? Why do we, you know, why don't we watch grass grow? <laughs> we probably don't, um, but we watch TV. You know, we live now in such a quick, fast-paced society that we want things now. And with that controlling of time, is what one of my friends writes about is called presentism. We live in the now. We want everything to be the now. We want everything. Netflix, all the episodes are now were at first put up all together so that you can binge in the right now. But then I think that destroys what deep, long time, inefficient time. Yeah, and of course we know the difference between time-based cultures and yes. non-time-based yeah, cultures. That's right, that's right. And someone's saying when they used to live, I won't name a country, but in a Southeast Asian country, yes. if you went to the bank and the bank was closed, you need to wait two hours before they reopened the doors, everyone thought, okay, I'm in the that's moment right. of going to the bank. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Whereas in our Western time-based cultures, we'd be looking at our watches go, what do you mean it's closed? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. three in the afternoon. Come on. I had to wait three minutes. We would tell the teller, you know, when yeah. they, when we get to the, you know, I waited three minutes yeah, to talk to you. Yeah. Or even the South, South, South American time, you know, uh, what happens after, after lunch? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Siesta. That goes on for hours and shops don't open or offices don't open for hours. But it's, it's a matter of going back to seeing what's valuable. Um, it's uh, in some cultures, time is not valuable, but presence is valuable. Moments are valuable. And that's why there's nothing wrong with being present in the now. There's nothing wrong with wanting nowness, but it's uh, an over desire for the now that has led us to not have patience in a way. Well, you know, when you do online ordering, they charge you, say, $10 extra for the express delivery. Yes. Because yes. people are paying yeah. $10 extra. Yeah, they yeah, think yeah. it is worth $10 yeah. for me to have this book tomorrow yeah. rather than three days' yeah. time. Yeah, what's happened to, in terms of watching TV, right? I had to wait um, a whole week before the next Lost episode came on, but now I can watch every single episode now. 
And that's why people didn't quite cope so well during the COVID isolation. I had a friend, she worked for Officeworks. People would order something online, turn up to Officeworks to pick it up and not understand why that product was not there. Yeah. And she's trying to explain to them because it's coming from a boat in China and there's a lockdown <laughs> and yeah. there's a backlog. The supply line is yeah. compromised yeah. and people just don't get it. And they're thinking, but I pushed a button. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it yeah. should be here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's resetting ourselves to go, okay, I time... Sometimes there's nothing wrong with being efficient, but it's about efficient in the right things and being inefficient in the right things as well. If I need to get something done for a client and I've promised them that I'll get it done in two hours, then I think it's wrong of me to be inefficient and waste and use up five hours to do that task. But then if I've promised that for, if I've promised my mum for a catch up and that's the thing that I need to do, then time might go out the window and I might be inefficient with that time because I've accomplished something in that moment. It goes back to what we were talking earlier about, how often there are two useful grids. Am I time-based or people-based? Yeah. And I always often like to ask people, you're running late for work. There's a knock at the door. It's your mother. What do you do? <laughs> and us time-based people say, I will tell her I'm running late. I'm so sorry. Can't catch up right now. Yeah, yeah. Whereas non-time-based cultures would stop, have a three-hour catch-up with the mother, <laughs> Yeah, over morning yeah, yeah. tea, yeah. and then they'll turn up to work late and they say, oh, I'm sorry, my mother just dropped in. Yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah. would get, oh, yeah, of course you're late. Your mother just yeah, dropped yeah, yeah. in. It's a whole different changing of value systems, isn't it? But then, of course, if your job was really important and you had, like, the CEO and the CFO and everyone there for a meeting at 9 o'clock and your 9 o'clock and your mum drops in at 8.30, then maybe, <laughs> maybe well, you're really negotiating. Because they're, th they're thinking, you kept us waiting. Yeah. And a good mind game that Kirk Patston taught me was in every culture, at what stage do you have to ring up and say you're running late? <laughs> so in some cultures, three hours is acceptable. But I lived in the USA. I remember five minutes is unacceptable. Wow. We once went to this person's place for dinner. It was meant to start at six. We we're all there at six. Like all of us were there at six, except for one person. And we're all looking at our watches going, it's six o'clock. Where is he? And at five minutes past six, we said collectively, he's not coming. We're just going to have to start. <laughs> so we just started without this person because it was five minutes past six. What do you six. think is our, our time acceptability? I think it's 15, 15 to 20 minutes, you reckon? Maximum. 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 Someone else, well, the Germans tell me they turn up, if they were told to get there at six o'clock, they turn up at 10 to six, sit in the car outside, <laughs> right. and then stand at the door. And when the second hand goes to six o'clock, that's when they knock on See, the door. Wouldn't it be good for church services? <laughs> if people worked on German time, then. But again, are we after time-based or people-based? <laughs> it's interesting, when I used to run a small group, let's say 10 people, 10 strangers, for my work at City Bible Forum, I've got to run a small group, 10 strangers turn up, and we've only got one hour at lunch, and we're going to read a passage of the Bible, and let's say I've got 10 questions I've got to cover. I'm thinking, I've only got six minutes per question. <laughs> I've got to start now. 
But then someone told me, no, no matter how long it takes, let's go around the room, let's go through their names, <laughs> get them to introduce themselves. And I think, but I've got 10 people. Yeah, if they yeah, take yeah. three minutes per person, yeah. I've already lost 30 minutes. Now I've only got 30 minutes yeah, to cover yeah. the 10 questions. But I found by slowing down, being people-based, when we do get time to the questions, which is now like 20 minutes left instead of 60 minutes, the quality of the answers is so much better because people now know, love, and trust each other. We have social capital with yeah, each other. Whereas yeah. had I just started with the questions at the start, no one talks because we don't know each other. And even though we have more time per questions and we're more efficient with our time, the quality yeah. of that time is worse. It reminds me, it's like what Eugene Peterson wrote. Eugene Peterson wrote that we need to live in the small talk of life and not manipulate conversations into big talk because everyone lives in the small talk of life. Only when we slow down to the small talk do we start to understand people. It's like that episode in The Office. Do you watch The Office? No, no I'm so anyway, sorry. There's, <laughs> there's this episode of The Office where... Michael... I feel like I have to repent. <laughs> like every time people say, do you watch The Office? I get this horrified look like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I don't. Fine. I know I should, but I don't. There's an episode where Michael, the, the manager, is going to get a sale off this particular person. And they go to a... They, and he's going with his boss to get this sale. But she wants to just get straight to the point. But Michael just keeps ordering ribs, has a couple of tequilas, goes on the karaoke machine, and then only starts to talk about the deal like at 11 o'clock at night, just before it closes. And he closes the deal. Because what he's done, he's just wasted a whole evening, but he's appreciated that person. He's treated that person as a person. Now, it might not work for a Japanese... Oh, actually, it might work for a Japanese salesman because it's all about... But it might not work in some cultures, but it's about that going down into the small talk of life. I love that. Sebastian Junger, in his book Tribe, says there are two sorts of leaders. You have your time-based, task-based leaders, and you have your people, relationship-based leaders. And there's a time and place for both leaders. So if there's an emergency, a fire, we've all got to get out the building in five minutes. That's when you want the task-based, time-based leader. Yeah. But for every other moment, you need the people-based, small talk leader. That's right. And I work with surgeons, and I, I work with two sorts of surgeons. You have your time-based surgeon who comes in, they, and they want as many cases done in as short a time as possible. And then you have the other surgeons who slow down for the small talk. Yeah. Hey. How was your weekend? Yeah. Hey, how are the kids? And it, here's the great irony. The task-based ones bring the worst out of the team. Everyone does the least they have to, but the relationship-based surgeon, they bring the best out of the yeah. team. Everyone does the best they can yeah. for that surgeon. But I think on the other hand, the time-based one would work very well in a crisis. That's right. It's a crisis-type leader. Done, but then the relational person might not work that well in a crisis. But then I guess it's a matter of flexibility again. I think we talked about flexibility a while ago where each of us needs to be flexible in every moment to, to be um, the best that we can be in that moment. I like to think about it in terms of sometimes we need to um, 
lean towards what we are good at and other times we need to lean against what we're good at and lead lean into what we are not good at so that we're flexible in each moment to be the the person needed in those moments oh it's a yin and yang of life it is. so i'm married to a wife who's permanently two hours late i think <laughs> <laughs> and maybe if i could prefer i'd rather be early so between the two of us we get there yes, yes. <laughs> but we're always a little bit out of sync and maybe it's that yin and yang toing and froing of life yeah we get right. it right that's right All right, Sam Wan, you're the time-wasting expert again. <laughs> Bring it home for us. So I think, again, it's down to values. What do you value the most in our time? There are times where we need to measure and there are times that we don't need to measure. There are times where we do need the second hand and there are times that we don't need a second hand. I always remember this particular quote from a sitcom that I really love out of all of God's creatures, there is only one who uh, measures time. But today, be a sunflower. <laughs> <laughs> that is which so is, wild which and Which is random. so wild and random. But I think there's something about that. There is, you know, out of all creatures, man is the only one who is obsessed with time. Just for today... Be a sunflower. A sunflower strangely tracks the sun whenever it goes. But then when the sun disappears, the sunflower closes for the night. So just for a day, live in the rhythm of life. You know, it's like that song, you know, rhythm of life is a powerful beat. Put the rhythm in your fingers and the rhythm of your feet. Just for today, live today in the moment and find the joy in there. I love that so much. And I know that was meant to be the last word, but I'm just going to add this. For a while, I used to be in a running community. And when you hang around with runners, all they want to know is what minutes you do per kilometre. It's yeah. a universal measurement for your status, identity yeah, and belonging. Yeah. And if you say to any runner, I ran the marathon on Saturday. There's a very long pregnant pause because the next question is, what was your time? <laughs> But it's instead, not enough to say you ran 42.2 kilometres. <laughs> so now when they say, what was your time? I'm going to say sunflower. Or you could just say, just like Forrest Gump, right? Run, Forrest, run. I love running. <laughs> I love the wind in my head. Um, be a Forrest Gump in your running. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Well, that was a bit sour, that was a bit down to end with, but still, deep time is not nothing as you walk through it i hope this has encouraged you to invest deep time with the people that you love and give real presence to them this has been espresso and earl gray you can you can subscribe to us on spotify itunes google podcasts and podbean 
I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time.